Show. I'm your certified, qualified host, Steve Lucky Luciano, bringing you heat delivered direct from the street. Today, on my right is Chuan Bowen, American Indian, elegant barbarian, Southern Californian, and sound man on my left. As always, <laughs> Sean Lewis, certified audio professional and engineer for the show. Indeed. Indeed. And here we are. And here we are. And here we are. And here we are. What's happening, guys? Talk to me. All right. So this is the game plan. So. I like a good game plan. Listen, yeah. real, real men have game plans. There it is there. Um, we, went, we went back and. We re-listened to the last show that we did, which is Welcome to the World of Steve, mm-hmm. right? Well, welcome to um, the, the realm of, of Lucky Luciano. Yes. And that was like about introducing you because we had such a fantastic uh, reaction to our first two shows that was like, dude, what are we... We haven't even taken the time yet to really display all the goods, like open up steve luciano and show the world the greatest greatest show on earth which is steve luciano so we were doing that and that turned into a long ass show do you remember that show absolutely all right okay when we started out with a bunch of shit then i got hooked up on on the shoe program you were in the isolation and yes. i wanted to hear every fucking detail yes you did yeah and uh so as a result that show was like three and a half hours a little long wow was it that long yep. i had no idea yeah, it was three and a half hours long, and um, and then remember, do you remember what Sean said in his text about the show? Did you was that on the group text, Sean? On what? Because I Steve, don't know what you're referring to. Steve, Steve was like somebody asked you a question. Like you said, it was like an editing nightmare. Yeah, remember that? Did you see that text, Steve? Uh uh-uh. uh What did you I think say, you, Sean? You you texted me, right? Yeah. What happened? What it, what what was that about? There's just uh, there's some parts that are out of place that were asked to be moved into the front, and then there's also like some uh, Steve goes to the bathroom a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> so there's happen. like some. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Uh, so there's some like stop start stuff that doesn't like if we mm-hmm. if we cut that out and like paste it back together, it's kind of got it has like this this weird time warp situation where like the the two edges don't if we cut that out it doesn't meet up like it doesn't feel natural i brought my decatheter today so you did going to the bathroom a little little bedpan hey that's good because we're gonna put that up on the website and sell it like it's gonna be full it's gonna be like (laughs) get some fucking steve luciano juice if you want to fucking there's probably there's probably enough pre workout in some that testosterone. to get somebody else going. Right? Exactly, <laughs> an dude. army. You're gonna be able to push that weight. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, yes, and and dude, on that show also, we learned some crazy facts. I mean, one of the yeah. things that blew my mind that like I've known you, Steve, I, the fact that for about eight months you were raised by black people in Compton. Yeah. That was amazing to it me. It was uh, South Central, not Compton. South, South Central. Central. I was like, <clears throat> man. I yeah, over by Imperial and Avalon. I went back over there years later. Did you? Yeah, because I remember the corner. She used to send us, uh, she would send us with uh, a little bit of money to the liquor store at the corner. Yeah. You know? And uh, get what? And get candy. We go, What's your go candy, get some candy. Dude? What's your candy? <clears throat> Back then, uh, I liked, uh, remember the, they used to have the fire sticks? And oh. The, apple, the sour apple? Oh. And the watermelon? The Jolly Rancher fi- fire, fire sticks? Fire sticks? God, bro. Dude, so it was uh, like was And was snowballs. I like snowballs. Snowballs. Oh, snowballs. Never had a snowballs, snowball. man. That's dangerous. What was yours? My thing was... Um, 
fire sticks, and that's the cinnamon. Fla- it's like cinnamon flavored Jolly Rancher, but it's a stick. It's a long uh, stick. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I okay. was all about trying to burn the mouth, man. Really? Hot no. tamales. I will fucking eat the hot tamales, and I would like put a gob in my that's mouth. That's crazy. <laughs> To try to like burn my mouth or the fire sticks or the cinnamon jelly. Or do do you guys remember maybe you don't. Do you guys remember cinnamon toothpicks? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Those are that? great. They still have those. Do they have them? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Dude, that used to be like money at my elementary. You you, you, you had you use those to to stop people use those to stop smoking. Get the fuck mm, out yeah. of here. I used to fucking bring, dude, I would have those, like, I would get them, and they would come in that little package with the red stripes on them. Yeah. Dude, at school, it was like I was walking around with fucking grams of Coke. Kids would be running up, fiending, shaking. We got to find some for them. Yeah. You got to get back on that program. I love that. (laughs) So anyway, we went through through the whole thing, and uh, there's so many great moments in it, but it's super long. And, uh, And then we were going over like what we wanted to do in terms of the next show because the Tate and Jamie show, Mm -hmm. right? Which that thing is already at 177 downloads now or something like that. That's great. Maybe it's more than 1,077 or what is it? We're at 6,000 and some crazy number. I can't remember. Yeah. But the point is, is, is that it's, 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 um, uh, so we're like, okay, so so when do we drop Steve? So going back and looking at it, dude, um, we think that like your story about how you started out as a chubby sissy, mm-hmm. right? And then you became basically like the most <clears throat> gangster motherfucker in LA with a reputation for being the most gangster motherfucker. The kind of thing where when you were, you were, we're working on a documentary together, West Los, mm-hmm. which is about West Side lowriding, right? Chicano culture. Chicano culture, yeah. no gentrification, right. fuck all that bullshit. <clears throat> and you went, where did you go where you, where did you go? You went to, well, on, on location. Been a few from, places. We've been in, in, in where the was heart that? of Culver City and been into the heart of Venice. Um, where was that garage where you? That went? was in Venice. That was in Venice. What was that place? Uh, it was a, uh, it was a spot in Venice that uh, a old family from Venice have lived in, and uh, you know it was a, you know we went there to film. There was a, who were you a filming? A few generations of uh, of dudes from Venetian Car Club, and um. A bunch of homies from Venice were all there. A car club, you know? like a, a lowrider. A lowrider car club, yeah, a classic car club awesome. called Venetians. The Venetians, I like that. And then, so you're there, right, just doing your thing, and you're producing the documentary. You're getting Charlie Chacon, the director, set up right. You're getting Sight, the cinematographer, set up right. Yes. And then you run into a couple people there. Yeah, I run into some old people from um, from the old days, from the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And, and did you guys uh, swap old stories or? Uh yeah, we swapped some old stories. And, uh, you know, there there was a, um, you know, there a long time ago. There, you know, you know the neighborhoods in that area uh, still are going at it with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. Sadly to say, and um, and I I completely understand it. And listen, I'm not one of these guys that's going to get up and try and um, you know stand up on a corner and bring people together and you know that's not my thing i'm not going to preach to to you're not going to go down there and proselytize and try no man it's like you know um what i am going to do is i am going to take uh responsibility for my own life and what what i choose to do yeah and i'm a little bit older now and, and yeah you know there were some dudes around my age and uh back in the day we we did not get along and um so when you don't get along and you're from the neighborhood what do you do you guys go to mediation and talk it out it's usually a shootout (laughs) (laughs) be a fight if there's no weapons around but it's uh yeah you you don't you you settle things other ways and um settlement by gun so then did you when you saw these these dudes did you guys have any history or yeah there was there was one one guy in particular yeah who pulled me aside and and it was, it was it uh, was it was a trip uh, because was there uh, tension? There could have been tension. 
but the whole way it was approached, I was coming at this thing like a professional right. to do this documentary. Right. And I was really received that way. So uh, one of the gentlemen pulled me aside and was like, uh, hey, man, you're so-and-so and so. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah. Remember, some things transpired about 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I think that was you. Yeah. I go, yeah. He goes, oh, man, it's good that we're both here today, you know, and that we're doing something different. And if you can't read between the lines, you guys, I don't know what to tell you, but it was an interesting, it was interesting shaking hands and giving a hug to a brother that, uh, that's from the West side, from the area that I'm from. And that, um, 20 years ago, there was real tension, you know, not, not this bullshit. I don't like you. You don't like me. Like there was, there was some shit there, you know, life yeah. and, and death. Tension. Yeah. And, uh, and we were able to. To come to a common ground, you know. That's and, crazy. Uh, years later. Years later. So do you see, like, I'm going to, from here on out, I'm just committed to this. But I'm just going to be like, so you see, like, when I say that Steve Lucky Luciano knows everybody, I, you can't go anywhere in Los Angeles. I experienced this yesterday, by the way, when we were on the set. Because I'm producing the documentary along with you. And we were on the set. And, I mean, dude. You don't go anywhere in Los Angeles without somebody. You just be on the street and somebody will come and say, and know Steve and <laughs> and be with a smile, even if 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 in the early days, some violent things might have gone down at a different decade. Decades later, if you're both still standing, and you're both still alive. It'll be hugs. It'll be hugs. Right. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. It, it, it's, uh, you know, again, yesterday. There was, uh, there was, you know, you're bringing a lot of different people together and, and, and listen, it may not be me that has the direct tension with somebody. It may be somebody else I'm working with or another dude that is, you know, he's having, Hey, he's having to sit across from somebody else from an enemy neighborhood. And maybe those two have got some tension and yesterday there were some things going on there was that, that yeah and there and so i was I, what was i doing i was sitting I there looking know, at you were the, doing your job <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see any of that what was and it and it just you know some people needed to go aside and and how and talk it out and and get on the same page and and these are just part of part of sometimes some of the politics listen man you know this documentary is a great great it's a great piece, and that's why I chose to get involved, and I know that's why my partner, Chumon, chose to get involved, because yeah. it's a great story to tell. It needs to be told. Within that and underneath that, you know, um, with all due respect, man, these areas have, have gone at it for a long time, the neighborhoods. It's part of the culture. Well, we're and, filming the documentary. Well, and, a, and a lot of, listen, man, a lot, there's a lot of mothers out there that lost their children mm -hmm. behind this there's a lot of fathers that lost it there's a lot of kids that lost their fathers there's a lot of young people old people whatever that lost their lives man or were dramatically changed through the gang violence through the west side man so as you bring this together it's not like hey man you know <clears throat> that guy stole something from me we had a fist fight in junior high this that's not what we're talking about um these are deep rooted and and, you know, you, you, like I said, with all due respect, you know, a lot of these people have a lot of good reason to not want to sit down, you know, and I'm not going to force anybody. Does that make you worried about the upcoming uh, rally or I don't worry. I don't worry about anything. I'm not worried about anything. But once those people converge in, into one place. OK, what Sean's talking about. No, is that I'm not. I'm not. I. I I'm not worried about it. I'm not concerned about it. I'm not right. worried about it. Um, Sean, I think that there's an overwhelming attitude that's brought to this to this project, the people that are involved with it, um, the directive, and I think that uh, most people are really clear on what we're trying to do. Right. I don't think 10 years ago, and I know 20 years ago, this wasn't going to happen, but today I believe that people are going to come with the right mindset to this thing. And this is about unity. And this is about all of us getting together and being stronger. You know, the only way this thing can even happen in the documentary, um, <clears throat> the rally, the protest. Right, the protest, which, real quick, 
That's a protest that's happening August 31st. It's a Saturday, 9 a.m. What's happening is Danny Trejo's leading like a 1500, 2000 classic car lowrider march because that's how you do it in L.A. You don't do it on foot. You do it in your car. And we're all taking over Elysian Park, and we are going to uh, stand up against gentrification to remind people that Chicano culture is not going anywhere and built this country, built and makes the world go around. And also that, uh, you know, fuck the wall, fuck putting kids in cages and all that shit that's going on, right? Yes, and open it up. It's, it's, it's people of color. People right. of color in L.A., man. The people of color in L.A. that built this town are now being pushed out. Yeah. And this project would never have gotten to where it's at if people weren't putting down their differences and coming together as a whole. Right. And, and I believe that that's whoever you might be. Listen, and if you're not feeling it, you probably just won't be there. Mm -hmm. You can if you have that big of a problem with it, then I think those people know just to stay their ass at home, you know, because this is about power and unity. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with neighborhoods. Um, and, and I'll say right now, you know, it's, uh, the overall, the overall, um, the overall concept with this documentary is that it is telling a story and it is telling a story about a community on the West side that was probably the first in LA to be hit hard by gentrification. Right. Cause it's by the ocean. That's by right. The beach. It's nice. We were, we were talking about gentrification uh, this has now become very old for us on the west side. You know, Santa Monica and Venice were getting pushed out 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. right? But on the east side and in the valley and in South Central and in some of these areas, they didn't know what we were talking about. They, were they, like, they, they, they weren't, they weren't in locations Ex that were prime real estate. Exactly. And so <clears throat> as we got pushed out, 80, 85% we got pushed out and removed out of these areas. Um, it started to take effect in other parts of Los Angeles. Well, now today, right. you're seeing the same thing happen in Boyle Heights, in Inglewood. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's yeah. it's it's going down. So, so having said, you know, and kind of discussed a little bit about the projects, discussed a little bit about all of that stuff kind of going back to to where we were kind of started out with which is so we listened to that and we thought you know what we the perfect so the the perfect first episode of welcome to the bizarre the scary the inspiring the motivating the tragic the award-winning life that is steve luciano right when we open up the chest and we take a look at it all mm -hmm. uh you know the story of how the podcast came to be, mm -hmm. including the, the fat Welshman, yeah. which is so good. That's such a great story. And then the piece where you start out as the chubby sissy and then you finally decide live or die, win or lose. I'm going to punch my bully in the fucking nose. And you actually hit him in the eye. Right. And how that kind of started to turn everything around. Then all the stuff we've got after that, which is like two hours of some of it is just fantastic, but it doesn't all mesh together. We're thinking we're going to throw that into the chop suey mix. Absolutely. Okay. And then we're thinking this is what we'll do. And part of like what this show's signature is, is that we're pretty transparent, like, and we we're pretty unfiltered. So everyone's actually getting to hear kind of how we go about making decisions and what we're going to do. And so we're thinking like, why don't we pick up? Like, why don't we start from after the punch hurt now that you've got your power you start you went to another school and you started to have some competence right those those years and start telling us a little bit about like one of the things i wanted to know um about that wait before we get on to that sorry sometimes i get ahead of myself yeah fucking calm the fuck down so we'll go there after the punch and maybe do some time on that and then i kind of want to talk about yesterday make a show out of you and I's whole day yesterday. Yeah. Which was kind of fucking <clears throat> in, incredible. It's not even it's not some great things. I can't Absolutely. wait to tell you. Absolutely. All right, right. So going back to so so finally you punch the bully and you hit him in the eye and he turns into a bitch and everybody knows it. The big turnaround. Yeah. You go to Emory, I think you said it was Emory. Emerson. Emerson. And then after that you start to get some, so then, and I got to think 
Because a large part of your story is drugs, right? I mean, yeah, smoking yeah. weed and all sorts of stuff. At that time, yeah, I was smoking weed. And uh, and so what happens at this juncture now that you're kind of like maybe eighth grade, ninth grade, and you've got some confidence now? Are you still kind of chubby? Like, what yeah, goes- yeah, um, yeah. And uh, that eighth, I don't, I don't know what it is about the eighth grade, but <laughs> I've said this since I was in my early 20s. That there's definitely the derivative. There's a road in eighth grade. There's a road. And every man that I talk to. There's a road. Agrees. Yeah. There's a fork in the road at the eighth grade. I don't know why. If you think about where you were at, you'll too come to that same conclusion. All right. Everybody I'm gonna do does. that. I'm okay. So wait, eighth grade. Sh- I don't know if it's wait. 13 or why it, it is, or but at 13 is where. It, Thing, you either are making decisions to get on the right path or you're going real south. And I went real south, man. I, I you know, as soon as that happened, um, you know, I, I was, uh, it was like, um, I, think I, was, I was already getting into a little mischief and stuff as, as a little kid. <laughs> yeah, know? selling firecrackers. That's yeah, my favorite story. Lighting fires, selling firecrackers, stealing. <laughs> um, but, let's say back we get the punch and you know this that was my way of solving my problem at that at that time in my life i saw that as the option and then listen we're not, i'm not going to candy coat it man in life sometimes somebody needs to be punched in the face i certainly needed to be punched in the face at some point in time right i wasn't going to listen another way and you know, once in a while, that that that's how it has to happen. And there is, there is an amount of fear, and things are going to get moving, get done, behind violence and fear. Right. It's just the way the world works. Hold man. on a second. Like, first and foremost, I kind of just let's just take a test real quick. Let's just take a test. I, I want Mister and Mrs. Headphones, Mister and Mrs. Headphones. You're sitting here, and you just heard that steve's theory on life which i i sounds solid to me sean what did you think about eighth grade theory that, uh that yeah Google? i experienced in that too yeah. you did how yeah. did you experience it well i expelled in eighth grade you did? <laughs> see i wasn't the only one getting and, fucking uh, criminal sean lewis criminal sound man yeah i spelled from the district actually mm. from the entire district the entire Damn. district yeah for what for uh weapons Oh, butterfly knife. No, that was the year before. Straight razor. That was the year before. <laughs> what, you bring a gun? I brought school? some nunchucks. Nunchucks. <laughs> Nunch- back then, nunchucks would do it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was like scary. a high, That's like a really that's a lethal weapon. And that's so you know, silly. There was some other shit that I've been caught that's up so in. That's so silly, though, because, right. because nobody knows how to. And there's not a single. Only person I've ever seen that actually knows how to use nunchucks is like Bruce Lee. I've never actually seen anyone in real life. I'm pretty good with nunchucks. You are? <laughs> there you go. You know what, ladies Don't and gentlemen? Them. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Headphones, if you're listening right now, <laughs> we are going to fucking set up a test now. Sean said he's pretty good with nunchucks. I, We're going to set. No. I haven't touched nunchucks. No, 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 no. Stop with that bullshit. It's like riding I, a no, bike, no. though. It's like riding a bike. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah. nah. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be some show in the future. It's going to be the nunchuck test, <laughs> right? And we're going to see how good Sean is with nunchucks. I'm going to fucking go down and find some dude, and we're going to set up targets and shit. Yeah. All right? And if you hit yourself in the head, it's going to be all on film. If you all smack right. your own self in the face, we're going to see. I got to see. Anyway, point is, not, most people don't know how to use nunchucks, and it was silly for schools to be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because the person who's going to get hurt when someone's using nunchucks is it's the, the guy. the person who's using them. <laughs> right. Okay. For sure. But you know what? There was also, I don't know if you guys remember those things that were called, um, they were called clackers, Clack. and there were two glass balls. Yes. String. Do you yes. remember those? I do remember those. You actually. do. I absolutely do. And you do. go, pow, 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 and they'd clack, right? Yes. Well, the real ones some- were made out of like glass. Real ones. Yeah. And I remember when I was a little kid, my cousin, Sergio, <laughs> he had some. And he used to do them, and they'd go real fast. And they're kind of like a, like, you could swing them around like a nunchuck. But oh. those things were considered, like, super, like, illegal. You couldn't have them. Really? And just like nunchucks. That's were like so this, crazy. It is. It was because those- all it was was, so the two balls were connected by some kind of string. Now it sounds weirdly gay or weird. But anyway, right. it's two balls and string or something. And then you would be able to move your hand up and down. And they would hit at the top and hit at the, the bottom. bottom. Right. And guys that were real good 
could right. get him going really well, fast. Like, just be like, right. right. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. And there was, but it was just like a, it was like it was like a yo-yo. But you, but for some reason, those things you couldn't have those things. Dude, like you those, couldn't bring him to school. Like you get in trouble hmm. for him. I don't know dude, what the whole at, deal was. Back then, the parents and the and the authority were so wigged out and freaked out. The hippies or something had yeah. screamed, so like freaked them out so much that they were like, remember they would like they were like Dungeons and Dragons that kill you. Oh yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, they yeah. they were like, oh Dungeons and Dragons, that's a cult. There's <laughs> that could kill you. You could get too lost in Dungeons wow. and Dragons. Anyway. Going back to the original thing, though, Mr. and Mrs. Headphones, if you're listening, check in. Think about yourself at eighth grade and ask yourself. And during that time, like around that time, were you coming up to a fork in the road? You're either going to go down the good path or you were just going to embrace the darkness. We were really at that age. I, I was beginning to take chances. And I, and I I think I have a, it still has a little bit to do with becoming 13 and that teenage going from 12 to 13, um, but taking some chances that I wasn't willing to take prior to that I was I mean there, from breaking and entering the vandalism to like you know I have an arrest record and that arrest record dates back to fucking 82 man damn. I was getting in trouble. I got I got taken down and arrested for a breaking and entering, for a vandalism, for shoplifting. I didn't even got into high school, and I was already getting arrested for stuff like that. So, but um, I I want to say that I was always getting into mischief. But you know, after that physical confrontation, things did begin to change uh, for me. I quickly started to see that life would work out differently for me for steven yeah if i handled some things physically and if i brought that physical piece to the game or to the equation and you know what that i mean that that to me makes all the sense in the world i mean you watch every movie i mean die hard Clint Eastwood, Born Identity, all those films. Especially in the 80s. Yeah, especially in the Cobra, 80s. Cobra, right? Yeah. Fucking well, right. that was a little later, but. But, 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 <clears throat> but it's funny because even Rocky, right? I mean, what is that? Yeah. You, you, I mean, guy was, the guy was collecting money and shit. You know what no, I'm no, saying? No, no, the they, dude, dude, he was good. But the, the main piece is basically entertainment fighting. Absolutely. Right? Violence is like, they're like, well, we'll just put some ropes around a ring yeah. and we'll Raging put two guns and then it'll be, that's not considered criminal because we've all agreed that it's going to be okay for these two guys to fight inside a rope. And I, my dad, <clears throat> my dad was an amateur boxer. My grandfather was, a um, was an amateur boxer. And so was my uncle. So I had a lot of like, dude, in the Chicano world though, I was I don't know what I don't know why it is, but like in the Chicano world, like every Latin friend that I have that's a dude has some kind of like boxing something going on. They like to have like unofficial fights in the back. Yeah, they do. What I don't. I don't know, bro. I, I well, listen. But as I say that, my grandfather, my uncle, and my dad box. But I saw this, but I wasn't. Nobody showed me how to box. That's and I was a sissy. That's so I had this plane like in my background as I was getting beat up on and picked on that th this probably wasn't happening to my dad. He was saving his brother's ass. He would stick up for his older brother because he could fight. My older brother, John, rest in peace, was one of these dudes that my parents tell me he was beating everybody's ass. And my grandfather. So I came from this family of fighters, of men of fighters. Yeah, that weren't. Except they Sissy. abandoned you with the women, and you didn't know shit about fighting. Right. Yeah. And so, so as you were as I, as I as I came upon this, and this punch took place that you're talking about. Yeah. Punch. I embraced it. It was like it made sense on many levels for me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, but like you had to do it for yourself, man. Like I right. want. Like, hold on a second. You, you got to do it all for yourself, bro. No, but I mean, <laughs> you bring up amazing point. Like, if you were if you were valued as a male in your family, like if, if they were to say like, this is the heir. So my great grandfather, grandfather, father, all fighters, uncles, fighters, right? Cousins, fighters. 
punches and kicking ass no matter where they went. Somebody talk shit, I'll fuck a butt in their lip, right? Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. that shit. And then they look down at Steve and they're like, this is the air, right? You would think that what they would do is they would take you in with their fucking fists and show you how to fight so that you would never have to set foot in any situation without being, if you were valued, if they valued that you that way. Yeah. It, it, Why did they leave you I, defenseless? I don't know. And I don't know that it was done um, purposely. I don't know that. But um, I mean, of course, but that doesn't. Take I, I was too busy scared. I was scared, man. My, my father was a, you know, he was only around until I was nine years old. And then he was gone for a long time until I got to high school. Right. But I was terrified of this dude. I mean, when this dude would walk by me, I would piss in my pants. Holy shit. And I'm not joking. Literally. This, this so. Because did he, terror, did he ever man. hit you? Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking whooped you. I mean, he was a, he was a, um, he, he was a scary dude, man. He was a scary, fucking short-tempered, hot Sicilian, take no shit. And listen, he wasn't just like that with me. Right. We'd be, me and my sister, whatever, we'd be on edge every time we'd go somewhere with my dad. Uh, my dad lit, lit a couple people up. He'd get up and make a scene. If he didn't like something, my dad was in your fucking face, man. It didn't matter if it was in the middle of a family wedding or you were at Thrifties. If you did anything that disrespect, my dad would jump up and fucking be ready to tune you up and tell you, and he, man, it was it was fucking uncomfortable, man. Right, that's and very stressful. Scared. When it's you stressful as fuck, you go into public. It's one thing to have a crazy motherfucker in the house that beats the shit out of everybody. That's not good, right? But then when you, but when you go into, but when you roll into, when you roll into like a public arenas and it's complete strangers, like a waiter, oh man, like a man. waiter, and then your dad like is ready to fucking fight at that. That's, that tightens your butthole. Everybody's like, Ugh. man. I remember being in grammar school and I got in trouble at grammar school and it was prior to my mom splitting up. And my dad came in the middle of motherfucking lunch and grabbed my ass by the head. He grabbed you by the hair and, and dragged me out to out, out to the car to the Why? Because I gotten in trouble and I was waiting in the office to and give I, him a they wanted to take me home. And he came in and. Like, oh, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. And then as soon as we walked out of the principal's office, the hallway, he just grabbed me by the head. He just took me back to the car and went home. But just say he didn't give a fuck. Dude, <laughs> my dad, I give a fuck. listen, my, my dad was a rageaholic, too, and he was up, wanted to fight everybody, too. And we would be in situations, like, I, it's just me and him. I'm, like, six, right? And I'm, like with him in our fucking blue Nissan pickup and he would drive in a parking lot, right? He'd be driving in a parking lot and some guy would be coming and block the way or do something stupid and flip mm -hmm. or think my dad did something wrong and flip my dad off. Oh yeah. Right. He would flip my dad off and my dad would, he, he, I remember this clearly. He rolled down the window and he started to open the door and he started getting out. And he's like, you want to go motherfucker? <laughs> you want to go right? And the guy freaked out. Like the guy in the parking lot just drove off, right? And he went down a one-way street. My dad drove up the wrong way of a one-way street, blocked him, mm -hmm. got out of the car again, and started punching his window and said, come on, open the door, motherfucker. Let's fight. And really? I'm terrified. Like, I'm six years old. I'm like, holy, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, what is going on right now? So I, I definitely, or you know what? Dude, this is a true story. We used to live on an island. Okay, mm -hmm. so when you live on an island in Washington, like in the Puget Sound, like there's all these waterways. People go there and they're like, oh, this is beautiful. Nah, it's a fucking pain in the ass. It's a pain in your <laughs> fucking balls. Because you got to take a ferry to get to your home. And ferries don't just, it's not Uber. You can't call on your phone the ferry and be like, hey, pick me up at the shore. No, you got to show up at a certain time to get on the ferry. Otherwise, if you don't make it, you're staying at Motel 6 or whatever the fuck. Right, so, right, right, right. And my dad also was fat on top of all that shit, right? right? right so right. he always wants to eat before we get on the ferry. I thought you were going to say, he always wants to eat before he kicks somebody's ass. Oh, uh, that's true. He'll, <laughs> he'll eat, he'll fucking have Eating two, comes first. Oh, are you kidding me, dude? He would have like a breakfast burrito and punch it, choke a dude out. <laughs> 
Anyway, so my dad, we would be going to like seven, like so my dad would go to McDonald's. We got, we got, a, we got time, we got to meet the ferry in like 15 minutes. It's fast food. My dad figures, fuck it. So then we go, listen to this. We go in and we, we go through the McDonald's, but we order. I'm fat, he's fat. We go through the McDonald's and the guy goes, can you pull ahead, please? Because sometimes at McDonald's, they don't have the food ready. And they're like, just pull mm, right, over. Right, 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 right. Well, my dad, he, whenever he got mad. He would bite his tongue like a weird, like kind of like slow adult look. Like let me scary. see. Let me go. I guess he go. Oh, okay. And he would bite him, <laughs> and that that was like scared to shit because it looked a little retarded. And you know how sometimes <laughs> people who are retarded are like super strong. And yeah, they don't yeah, care. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. a little bit of that. Detached from reality, right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to cut loose right now. Who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> because because the food isn't ready, right? My right. dad's like, and I mean, do you, I don't know. Blood stops <laughs> rushing to his brain at that moment, right? He bits his tongue. He goes, "No, I'm not gonna fucking pull forward." And that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine working at the McDonald's and somebody telling you that shit because their food ain't ready? And, and just like you said, the fucking guy at the window did like a double take. He was like, what? And my dad's like, I'm not moving fucking forward. This is called fucking fast food. You better have that shit right here. I'm not moving. I'm going to hold up this whole fucking line. And dude turned around and got his food, right? No. 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 Then, then they went and got the Sunshine manager, right? Oh, Mr. Sunshine okay. Smiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all yeah, over yeah, with yeah, my yeah. dad. Yeah. Right? He's gonna, there's an angry fat man biting his tongue waiting for his food. Did your dad send the, 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 the Mr. Sunshine to fuck himself? <laughs> My dad got out of his car. Uh, oh, <laughs> shit. That's escalating instead of de- <laughs> Right? Mr. Sunshine was like, sir, if, if you don't mind, we'd like that. My dad said, God damn it. And he's flung open the thing, door smacked the side of the wall, right? Gets out of his car. The manager, like, backs away from the window. My dad goes in, and you know how they have that, like, side door? That's right. My dad goes inside, and he's yelling and knocking shit over. And he's like, just as fast food. And, dude, you've never seen McDonald's workers work so fast in their fucking life. They were like, whoop, whoop, whoop. They were like slapping <laughs> yeah. and dealing all sorts of stuff. We got the food and we got out of there. But for like a little yeah, kid, it's dude, fucked up. You're yeah, just like, holy shit, yeah. dude. Yep. yep. What do you sit in? Is is just filled with adrenaline and and uh, for you, like sitting in that in that passenger seat, like looking at your dad, just like sweating or like, how did you feel? I would feel like. I mean, definitely I would be filled with adrenaline and I'd be filled with super like fear because mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to turn out. Like, I right. don't know if my dad's going to get hurt. Right. I knew I, you were going to say that, too. Like, yeah. I don't know if he's going to get hurt. I don't know if he's going to hurt someone else and have to go away. Right. And and also, there's a part of it where it's like, you weren't expecting this. Like, we were just on the way to the ferry to pick up a fucking Big Mac. And now, all of a sudden, it's World War Three. Right. right. Yeah, a mm. lot's at stake. It's interesting because I... And listen, I'm, I'm in my 50s, dude. I'm, I'm going to say something. I'm going to be real clear about it. Okay. I hated my father my entire life. Okay. Still don't care for the man. Ever the earliest memory of my father, I remember I didn't want to be around this dude and like this guy. <clears throat> but even with that, when the shits like think I had episodes exactly like you just described hundreds of times. Right. And my I think my heart, who I am first, my first thing is I don't want to see my dad get hurt. That's of the first thing. It's your parent you want to get hurt. And then you start to think, are they going to hurt somebody else? Right. You know, and all these things. But you're right, dude. I mean, I was just going to get um, some nails at the hardware store with my dad. And now it's World War Three. Right. You know, we just right. went to go pick up some detergent from the market. And now it's like all this is at stake. Yeah. And it was a con- it was constantly, bro. I, I, it's mm. like you couldn't relax. No. And mm. even in the house, even in the house. If anybody else were to come over, the nervous, that, yeah. you know, yes. you almost want to control them, what they say and do Fuck so that he yes. doesn't fucking flip out. Absolutely. Fuck having any friends over. That wasn't. I, wasn't I had that no more, friends right? over okay. ever. Right. There you go. And then the, the, the other piece of it is 
is this dude going to flip on me? Right. Right. At any point in time. Which has happened. Oh, yeah, man. I, I mean, just shit like getting my head knocked off for putting the punch back with a little bit of punch in it, right? But I was mm. fucking seven years old. Seven-year-old kids do that shit. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, it pissed me off. Adult man puts the thing back in. You throw it out, right? Right. We know this. Right. But a seven-year-old kid, it's your son. Right. You know? Whatever. It's um, purple. No, no, not whatever. You know what? Fuck that. Not whatever. You know what? I got my fucking head knocked off. And I'm serious. My Dude, my dad... Oh, dude. I'll never forget. I was four years old, dude. And maybe five and my dad is and there's no woman in the house just so guess who does all the shit i do i gotta i gotta i gotta and he's heavy so i gotta pick up everything and do all this and he doesn't want to get up out of his chair so he opens up the junk drawer right and it comes all the way out and spills on the floor everything in the junk drawer and you just look at the floor and you're like oh my god it looks like a night right and he's like whoops he just says whoops and he goes hey choochie he used to call me Chuchi. Mm -hmm. Hey, Chuchi, go pick pick that up, right? And I was like five, dude. And I don't know what made me do it, but I just looked at him and I said, no. And he said, what? <laughs> and then he got that look, like you said. Did your dad ever get that look? Oh, look yeah. In their eye, you can see they don't recognize you anymore. Uh, yeah, it's bro. Like yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. And he flips. And he looking like, at you like another dude or something. Like yeah, exactly. Just him. Right, yeah. And I said, no. He said, what? And I go, you did it. You pick it up. And he cleaned my fucking clock. Uh, yeah, yeah, straight. He cleaned my yeah, like lick his hand. Uh, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, wham. I mean, my dad would fucking punch me in the head. With a fist. With a fist, for sure. I had my nose bleed many times. And he would tell me my nose bled too easy. Like it was my fault. And I'm talking, I'm not even 16. I'm like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. In fact, my own, his own sister had to have a talk with him that you could cause a kid brain damage. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, actually, yeah, that's yeah. what she's, from what she saw, because she saw him just slap me in the head one time. <laughs> my dad used to do the thing where he'd, he'd knock, like knocking on the door on the top of my head <sighs> and tell me, is anybody, anybody home? You know, but listen, here's how, I got to say, man, my dad, you know, had some type of, uh, either, either he was beaten when he was a child or, you know, some shit. Yeah. But check this out. I don't remember this happening. My mom tells me this story. Rest in peace. I was, I think I was two or three years old. It was my birthday. And two uh, or three, bro. Two or three. But smart enough that I was able to to get a chair or something over to reach up to the top of the refrigerator which was my cake, it was my birthday. And I put my hand in my cake, and it was an expensive cake that my parents got me. Yeah. My dad Innovative. comes into the kitchen, sees what I've done, and slaps me across the face. Oh. I have a handprint on my face, and it's the day of my birthday. Oh. So my mom tells my dad, I'm leaving you, divorcing you. You know, she made some threats that she wasn't right. Of course, they put makeup all. My mom's like, I no had to take makeup on your face so people couldn't see that you had a handprint. And instead uh, of rewarding innovation, instead of rewarding ambition, <laughs> instead of being like, here's yeah, a fucking like, little guy who fucking yeah, man, it's like it's a kid, man. He wants his key, wanted the cakes or whatever. But um, listen, man, you know, too, I kind of feel like. Now, now, now I'm over here telling all these fucked up stories. Like, whatever, man. He, he did his thing. It wasn't cool, whatever. But I was constantly. I'm trying to lay the ground, the foundation for that was always fucking fear in that house. I was in terror and scared of that guy. All right. So, I'm. I'm and by the way, I'm one of the ones that I'm not. I'm not. Sh I'm. I'm. I am not. Listen. I've been to a lot of fucking leadership programs and fucking therapies and all this other stuff. And it's all valid and stuff. And I'm all for taking ownership of your life. Like at some point you got to be like, look, it's me now. And either I'm going to fucking crawl up out of this thing and make something of myself. Or I'm going to allow all that past trauma to fucking be my master. Well, but I'm, I'm also not about say, I'm also about being real and being like, no, that was fucked up. Absolutely. But, one thing I want to get clear, and I think the whole reason we're talking about this right here is I want to be clear on the fact that there was a point prior to the nine years old, right, or up until that point, 
early on in the in kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, these grades, I was so scared at home. Yeah. Catching a beating or the way it felt or pissing in my pants. I was such a sissy at home that when I got to school, I didn't want problems at school. Right. right. That was your relaxation. Right, time. man. I was so as the bullying started Ugh. and as the shit started, I was scared. If some kid wanted to fight or slug me, I'd run. I didn't want any more of that. That's that was that's home. That's at home I'm doing that shit. Yeah. At school, I just wanna I don't want to see fight. I don't want to be in a fight. That I don't makes, want a violence. I don't want any of that. That makes total so sense. So when it would approach me, I'd run away from it. I was I didn't want that because I know how that felt. I didn't want that. And so that kind of like that's how I became a sissy. I was trying to escape from that. I didn't want physical pain. You had enough I didn't of want that confrontation already, with that shit. Right. Right. So but the fucked up thing is that now you're you're catching it at home. You're catching it at school, right? And that's where I got to a place where I was looking for relief. So I was looking for an escape from all of it. When you uh, started going to high school, you had to live with your dad. Years later, yeah, I yeah. Mean, right. was he, go ahead. What I was gonna say was there still was he still like punching you and doing no, all that shit? No, no, then? no, no, no. He that uh, he'd raise his voice. He was hot tempered. He was mad. He'd 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 want to confront. He'd want to confront me on some shit, you know. Yeah. He wasn't like punking down because I was in high school now, right? But he wasn't putting his hands on me. But he would definitely like raise his voice and different shit and what the fuck and yeah. Did and, his did at that time when he raised his voice? Did it still trigger your internal reaction? Yeah, it did. He'll always have that. I mean, he he would always have that. Yeah. Um, because he's he's like my dad. You yeah. Know? He just has that 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 button, right? Yeah. And um. But in my heart, um, I was like, this motherfucker plays one too many cards wrong. I'll just smoke his fucking ass. <laughs> you know, I'll fucking stab him in his fucking neck and leave him right here fucking dead in his apartment. Do you know I would think things like that. Do you know how many times I planned my dad's murder? <laughs> That's crazy. Do you know how many times? Do you know how many times I thought about, like, you know, him having a heart attack or me in the middle of the night coming with a fucking whatever and, and taking care of him or whatever I had to do? And, I mean, I've thought about that a million times. Yeah, 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 fucking, it was crazy, bro. I, and so, I knew I could, I knew I could, that I could hurt, like, he wasn't a physical threat to me. But his voice or his temper, he'd get mad, you know, it still hit that button. Yeah. But I'd go out. And I can't tell you how many beatings I handed out on behalf of my dad. You know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, frustrations, right. you know? So, so, so then when we're going back to the, to the eighth grade test, the fork in the road. Yeah, the bathroom. Oh, he's got to go. All right, let's, let's, let's take a. Face he makes. One, two, I know. He hates it. Look at his face. Look at that. Sean doesn't He's like, that's work. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's what he's saying. Sean's gonna have to edit that. Yep. All right, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Let's fucking just do our thing. Don't forget your headphone. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I don't know. I'm thinking we should even leave these kinds of things in, Steve. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, you guys keep on talking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but well, I'm bringing a Gatorade bottle next time. Yeah. Um. I think we're about. I think. What do you think of what we talked about so far? It's good, but we didn't do an intro. An intro to what? We, you know how we usually do the... the yeah, but can't we just do it? We could do it later, yeah. Yeah, we'll just do it afterwards. Yeah. I don't. I didn't want to. I thought we just started rolling. Yeah, it's cool. Cut off the first part and get back to... I th we're, out, we're up to eighth grade. I think this eighth grade fork on the road thing is a great fucking... I almost think we can kind of almost just tie it up here, do an intro, and then talk about yesterday. Yeah. That was, how long was that? That was 47 minutes. Oh. 48 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, I don't, I don't know why we decided everything has to be an hour. Well, you, most of them are like an hour and a half. Yeah, but you know what, man? I was listening to some of them, and I'm like, some of these don't have to be an hour and a half. I mean, I'm not trying to edit it a bunch of shit. I'm just saying like 40 minutes of Steve and I's discussion about angry fathers. Yeah. It's interesting. 
It's interesting. Interesting hearing about my dad blow up at the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, it's so weird that like that is happening to you. And in one sense, I feel like he, he's supposed to be your protector and like your, but you can't count on him. No, you cannot. And it's, uh, that raises such an alarm and like such, uh, like an unpredictability, like there's no stability. There was none in my household. You can't feel any stability. That's so crazy. There was no stability. It's almost like panic all the time. There was no stability in my household ever, even in the calm times. No stability. I'm telling you, I went to 11 different schools. I went to 11 different schools. My dad in the middle. 11 different schools. Easily. 11 (laughs) different schools. And three states. Wow. Three states. And there was no stability when I was growing up, bro. None. Zero. Like when I say no stability, I mean like my dad almost went away for whatever. I had to live with Matt and my cousin Matt. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I I bounced around. There was no mom. So I'm just saying like, you, you know what? Sometimes Sean, because I think Sean considers himself an in- Do you consider yourself an introvert? Oh, for sure. 100%. And do you have difficulty networking or talking to people? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what, like, what happens to you, dude? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> physically? I just mean, like, when you are starting to talk to a stranger or somebody with some importance. Like, uh, what happens to you? Yesterday, I was telling Sean he's a hard motherfucker to talk to. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't mean like he's impossible to approach, but once you start trying to get into him a little bit, it starts getting kind of clouded. Like, what goes on with you, dude? Um, Like, small talk's super hard. Why? Mm. I don't know. I just don't like it. But why? Mm. I fucking, dude, I feel like it's inauthentic, and Mm. I feel it's like, uh, so why don't you be constantly, why don't you be authentic? Like, someone comes to you, what's small talk to you? Give me an example. You know, when people, you get in the elevator with somebody and they're like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, how's it going? Oh, you know, busy. I hate that shit. But why don't you just like, OK, so but why don't you just tell them the truth or be authentic? Be like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Isn't that what's really going on with you? Is you don't want to talk to that guy. No, it's not that I don't want to talk to people because it's just I don't know, man. I, You know, if I knew what it was, I'd probably... You do know what it was. Sean hides behind I don't know. I'm going to fucking, I used to be, I was like, you know what? I need to be like polite to Sean and be cool with him. Uh-huh. But I'm, I'm like, fuck that. We're on a show where we talk about shit. Yeah. Sean hides behind I don't know. Sean's got two things that he's always working on. Mm. I don't know. And I can't remember. Right? Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and, and sure. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, what comes up for you when I say that? Um, I mean, Ch- Steve and I just poured out about how our dads kicked our fucking ass. I'm asking you about why you say I don't know and I can't remember a lot. Um, look at him. I wish I could tell you. See that? <laughs> He's no, you coming up with a, a, just something other than I don't that? know. He goes into like a fog. I don't. I don't know. You wrote some shit down. The <laughs> He's other saying day. it right now. Yeah, I know. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. You, dude. He, honestly, if you commit a crime. Mm-hmm. Sean's the guy you want. There you go. Because I don't know. He I don't remember. Know. I don't That's know. Perfect, I wasn't bro. there. I don't I remember. He's the best crimey. You wrote some shit down about this thing that goes on with you in yeah. terms of talk. So what did you write? Um, like feelings of uh, you know, inferiority or whatever, and inf- being inferior, being a burden. That's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like um. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't have a whole lot of like, you know, my mom worked, you know, an hour away. So um, I was left alone a lot, you know. So mm-hmm. I have, um, I don't know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of people bringing out, I don't know, a lot of chance for me to interact with friends and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I spent a lot of time in my head, mm-hmm. a lot of time in my room. A lot of time um, just by myself. So not a lot of socializing. Right. Which is weird, though, Steve, because on the likability scale, right? Mm-hmm. One being like a shithead and 10 being likable. Where do you put Sean on the likability? Like somebody that just meets Sean. 
Oh, in terms uh, well, of I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask that. I think Sean's 10 plus unlikable. I think so too. I don't think yeah. there's a single person that comes across Sean's like that guy's an asshole. I, what, what's <laughs> no, that? there might be people that maybe take his reaction, his attitude, like he's being an asshole or a snob or probably uh, there probably are people that are like, well, it's weird you that? say that because that dude's a hair up his ass. Or who does he think he is? I feel like there's a lot of people <clears throat> that that don't talk to me and maybe i think that they are judging me in a way that they view me as being not likable but so then I guess you res- like, but you respond to that unconsciously you know that right what do you mean if Explain i'm that. in my head thinking that you think i'm an asshole yeah then i'm going to respond to somebody who thinks i'm an asshole by not talking to them i, I just i'm not because i'm thinking i know what you're thinking of me so I have to re- uh, I don't think that you think I'm an asshole. So, hey, what's up, bro? I think right. you think I'm an asshole. So I'm just like, well, fuck this dude. You get what I, I'm saying? That's probably what I do then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it builds it even more. Right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Self-fulfilling right. prophecy. You know what I'm, saying? <laughs> it, 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 I'm telling you, man, we do dude, this shit I've subconsciously. I've already told them that a million times and you just told them on the natural. You I can t- I'll tell you something, too, though. Um, depending on where you're at, and I'm somebody that I feel like, well, I'll certainly say on my behalf, I, Sean's gained my trust. Like, I trust Sean. I'll talk about stuff with Sean that I won't just talk about with normal people. Right. And, you know, we would drive down to Orange County together to do the show, and I, I found it really therapeutic. Me man. too. We would not only we we pretty much we'd talk for about five minutes about the show, <laughs> and then the rest of it would be talking about how we come at the world, right. how we deal with ourselves, our kids, our, our kids, family, yeah, our, for sure. what we think of ourselves, the oh habits we're trying to break, different things. So that's why we gotta record. Like we gotta set up. We gotta figure out how to record all this extra and, shit. And to me, those are. I wish I could hear those conversations. Those conversations aren't like. Uh, you know, like shallow conversations. Those are those are things that I like. You know, I put myself into, and and uh, and I really tell the truth. And mm-hmm. those are sort sort of really authentic conversations from on, on on my behalf, at least. And I know they feel like they're authentic from you. Absolutely. I in your head, but yeah, but see, um, but it takes listen. It, it takes an element of torture. It takes an element of coercion. No, it doesn't. Not for me. Yes, because it those does. are the conversations worth having. No, 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 no. You know, <sighs> let me let me finish. It takes an element of coercion and, and duress in order for you to come out of your shell, meaning you got to be locked in a metal box with wheels <laughs> on the 405 <laughs> Traveling 70 miles hours. an hour. Right. Right. With Steve. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you, I got to know Steve, too. It's yeah. Like, yeah. You like, have that right. conversation with anybody, yeah. But this is why I say it's, he's not hard to talk to, really, in the sense, like, once you get to know him and once you, all that stuff. But what I'm saying is, is, like, yes, when we tried to do the interview with Sean and, like, bring out some stuff, first 10 minutes, it felt like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And he was like, yeah, and I cut off my finger and I broke my arm and I fell down the stairs and I chipped my tooth. Like, mm-hmm. everything happened to him. And then all of a sudden, it, it started to, like, kind of just feel like I was pulling teeth. And then all of a sudden, the I don't knows and I'm not sure. Even now... You're starting to warm up a little bit, but when I first started this, it you you the if you're like a ridgeback, like the hair on your back starts. Think to stand about up. him though. Think about his profession and what he chose to go into. What do you mean? The the whole sound thing. What about like, you? Would think he's a guy- not. No, he's not trying to be the voice board. It's not about his voice. It's about him behind the sounds of it. He wants to he wants to watch what's happened as he produces this stuff. That's he's true. not trying to be the guy. All in front doing the talking, he wants to step back and control sound and and see and 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 you know what I'm saying like right yeah that, that and so to me it makes sense that Sean's who he is he's like a behind the scenes guy and is comfortable behind the scenes is that true yeah that's look at his face he looks like he likes to observe he does look at it he hates when the well you used to call me. Uh, Birdman or whatever. Birdman. Birdwatcher or whatever. Birdwatcher. What did I used to call you? In uh, Ellis, you used to say, you like the birdwatcher. <laughs> <laughs> like the observer. I used to call him Birdwatcher uh, because, listen, not only is he like that in person, right? Like, you know, when you uh, kind of see him, he's like behind the scenes doing whatever. But we lived in this apartment on Ellis Street, which there's a million. We almost got killed by cops on Ellis Street. Oh I'll my tell God. you that story later. But... St- Cause we were wearing ski masks and running around in a van. Anyway, 
uh, Sean, so we lived, and Sean, I don't, I don't know where you got the binoculars, but I would like just come in, and Sean would. They, they're mats. Okay, they're mats. King Salmon's binoculars. Sean would be sitting like in the couch, and he'd be looking out the window with binoculars at people walking by. That's how much he likes to be an observer. Yeah, that's why he I started calling him. The, watch. That's why I started calling him the bird watcher because I'm like, dude, this motherfucker. That and did you know that? Sean, so he's like that. I'm right? envisioning some lady like across. It the wasn't way, like, even that. undressing. It wasn't even that. It, no. He would more. He would almost more want to see, like a fat, the 300 Greek, pound man walk his dog. Greek guy scratching yeah. his kneecap, yeah. you know, down with some weird board shorts, <laughs> right. and be like, "What the fuck's wrong with that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> then he would like stare. <laughs> 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 Johnny, you're part Greek, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, it, it, hey, everyone. It's a handsome motherfucker over there, by the way. We got Johnny Zapeta in the Johnny house. Johnny Zapeta, Johnny Z. Johnny love Zamboni. It. I love it. He runs the Instagram. He's the official photographer for the Hard Luck he's Show. Our, he's, our, he's, our, he's our media, social media. He's our Guy's hero. Guy's a genius. Yeah. Johnny Zamboni. Yeah, love photographer, still photographer. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He was. So, anyway, yeah. So, he, so that would be Sean. Now, now that we're talking about this, do you, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a little test for you, my friend. Oh, this is a first. Sean, we were talking. I was talking yesterday to Sean. Now, knowing everything you know about Sean, Sean applied for a job. Okay, mm -hmm. he sent in an application seven years ago for a certain job, and I'm going to give you one. Maybe, guess. maybe more than seven, but. Listen, this okay. guy. He really the knows guess? how to Give slow me the down. Guess. He knows how to slow down a bit. Okay. Now, Sean applied for a job. Now, knowing everything we just talked about, and and it's completely out of his league. Like it was, it was the craziest. It's like, what in the world made you think mm -hmm. that you could? Yeah. And he went ahead and applied. And this is a guy that doesn't apply to a lot. Like Sean's the kind of guy that doesn't put it out there unless he. Like, he doesn't just rush into these things. Okay. You've seen him. He's uh, very cautious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. It's better Absolutely. be perfect before yes, he puts absolutely. it out. If it's not perfect, he ain't doing it. Right. Okay. But setting, he set all that aside. Uh -huh. He fucking pushed that whole weird mental thing he does aside uh -huh. to apply for this job. Okay. Out of his league. The guy's right, a fucking right. meme. Okay, I'm trying to think. What do you think he applied for? News anchorman. He applied to be in the CIA. What? <laughs> <laughs> the CIA. He applied. Wow, dude. He applied to be on the in the CIA, and I, dude, look at <laughs> that. His actually, script. makes sense. Why? Because of like the technical aspect right. about it, dude. Right. I'm going to set this up and record and we're going to put sound and mics and fucking binoculars and he can do all his spy shit through CIA. <laughs> he likes that, bro. He is. Gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, when you applied to this, the, the Central <laughs> Intelligence Agency, which is like, I mean, that's intelligence for the America, probably the most premier in the world. Yeah. All right. What were you thinking? Uh, as far as the, what job I would do or what? Sound engineer. <laughs> and it wasn't a specific job. It was just like a web form. You know, I just. First of all, where, what was your state of mind? Like, where were you at that time? I think I was working at Napster. And um, what was at stake? Like, why were you so feeling like you needed a new job? I was just really bored. You were I was, bored. You yeah. I was bored. Man. You want some excitement? Yeah. At Napster. I was bored at Napster. Yeah. Mm hmm. It was like the tail end of Napster. It was like uh, I was getting. Why you know, was the, it boring? It's the same. You know, it's just the same job over and over again. Which was what? What did you do there? Um, I basically listened to music a lot, and then this made motherfucker. I was bored. I was getting paid to listen to music. Do you know how many people would kill to yeah. have a job where they get? Yeah, paid I to know. Listen? Yeah, I know. But he doesn't care. Look at him. He doesn't give a shit. Hey, <laughs> you do the same thing over and over again for like five years, every day. Brother, I, I hear you 100%. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Except masturbation. That part never gets old. Never. Yeah. Well, does that, do you got over masturbation, Sean? No. Okay. okay. All right. right. It started to sound like you did there for a second. All right. Yeah. So you were bored at Napster listening to music, and you thought, fuck it, I'll join the CIA? Yeah. The guy wanted some excitement, man. Yeah. 
I don't know. <laughs> Listen, the guy who got tired of listening to music for over for five years. Want to go years. kill babies in India? Yeah, no, he didn't realize is that he's going to join the CIA and listen to the same conversation for about five years over. At least it would be a different conversation every nah, time. Nah, dude. Do you know how many conversation? How many boring jobs you think are at the CIA? Oh, come on, there's a ton. Right. And but, what did you think? You were going to be like, what were you, the Bond? You were going to get to wear a tuxedo and I mean, you know, go I to a casino or climb the ranks. Did you use that? What you I really thought? thought? Maybe. The I introvert, don't know. The introvert thought that he was like, see, every introvert has a dream. You're going to yeah. be like high level Do you think spy. introverts want to be introverts? I do. You do? I, I think introverts take like weird pride in being introverts. Smug. Like that book. Like there's that book, like the value of introverts or whatever that was. Yeah. Where it's like every genius was an introvert. I think some people don't want to be pushed into being an extrovert, but I, I would assume that some other people think, oh, this is a curse. So right. you thought the CIA training might actually teach you how to socialize and drink nah. and be a gentleman spy. I mean, that would have been nice. Uh, look at him, dude. He's dreaming right now. Yeah. I'm thinking about that. So do you, they, should, they should develop a, C, a CIA program or CIA-like program for for introverts. It's so you wanted out of the introvert box. You wanted to live a life of of a drama. You wanted to kill in India like Spy Steve said. And espionage. Yeah, double agent. Have a different name, different identity. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Now All you that. knew you All couldn't do that with that record of yours. Yeah, dude. Butterfly oh, knives. True. Butterfly knives, you know, being I, expelled out of school. You know, I wanted to be a cop too for a while. Oh no! Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Now, now you just created some work for yourself. But that's I, getting edited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! I can't have a partner that wanted to be a cop on this show. But I was scared that my like drug history. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, Good. Because I know that they put you through a, like a lie detector. <laughs> Uh, I had no I like, idea whatever. that you had all these weird dreams yeah. to join um, departments of authority, but yeah. then worried about that you'd be put under a lie detector. Let me tell you something. Sean's I've weird, never, ever, ever, ever dreamed of working for any arm of law enforcement. Ever. No, no I don't believe that first. Come on. Can ever. I like you? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, bro. <laughs> I want to help people. I joined the Peace Corps. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Sean, I'm going to erase that from my memory bank, your desire to be a cop. So yeah, we so, continue to build a friendship. Yeah, so anyway, it, so that's a that's a news flash for everybody that's listening. Does your wife know you tried to join the CIA? No. I mean. <laughs> what? It was just like, you know, something I did within 20 minutes of my life. It wasn't like something I carried around. So Yeah, but if they would have called you up, you would have been there. Oh, for sure. If they would have called you up, you would have been there. You would have been a gentleman spy. Did you, did you, did you think, I mean, did you think, dude, what would have been, I wish I would have known that. I wish I would have had like $10 billion and known that and I could have played an awesome trick. I could have like hired some actors to pretend like they're in the CIA and then respond to your application and be like, you're exactly what we've been looking for. We've been looking for an introvert sound man who likes to stare at people with binoculars. That's such a nuanced identity. We could never come up. But we need you to do this. Uh, there's some Iranians over here in Detroit. You need to post up. I mean, like, just get Sean to get involved in some kind of weird intrigue, you know, like a whole thing. And yeah. Blank pistols and all this other kind of stuff. Freak the shit out of Sean. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think we killed that topic. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. I right. think we're going to take a break and we'll come back a little more for the Hard Luck Show. The Hard Luck Show. Hard Luck Show. Hard Luck Show. Hard Luck Show. Hard luck show.